Welcome to selfdiscoveryradio.com where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... Welcome to the Wellness Journey podcast series. It's wonderful that you've all decided to join us today. And I'm going to be talking about with two people a topic that I think is just fascinating. And one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure that we got it in this particular series when you know we're talking about these days, midlife strategy for full life living. But I really truly believe that one of your strategies in midlife in order to live a full life is to learn and understand the relevancy and importance of your dreams. So today we're going to be talking with two individuals who have dedicated a lot of their professional lives to finding out about the significance of dreams and how they tell us things about ourselves, especially when it comes to our health. Today we have with us Dr. Larry Burke. He is the co-founder of Duke Integrative Medicine and currently on staff in the radiology department at Duke Hospital where he is heading up a new study involving dreams and breast cancer. He's also the co-founder of the American Board of Scientific Medical Intuition and a member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams, where he's made several presentations on dream diagnosis and has also published a paper, Warning Dreams Preceding the Diagnosis of Breast Cancer. He is also the co-author of the new book we're going to be talking about, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. Now, her, his co-author is a friend of mine, Kathleen O'Keefe Cavanagh. She's been on the wellness journey before many times. Uh, she is a three-time breast cancer survivor, a life guidance coach, inspirational speaker, and the best-selling author of Surviving Cancerland. In fact, she was on my show a couple of times talking about that particular book. And she has recently teamed with the dream researcher, Dr. Larry Burke, who's on with us also, uh, to co-author this new book, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. Welcome to both of you. It's wonderful to have you on the Wellness Journey podcast series. Thank you, Linus. Great, Linus. Appreciate being on the show. Well, thank you for taking the time. I am crazy about this whole topic. And I was first introduced to it by my dear friend, Kat, when she uh, first wrote uh, the book, Surviving Cancerland. And Kat, it looks like you've been up to some more uh, wonderful um, thinking and, and more revelations about the importance of dreams. Please tell me, how did you come to write this particular book? Well, um, you know, I had written Surviving Cancerland, and I didn't know anything about Larry Burke at the time, but one of my really close friends, uh, Kelly Sullivan Walden, knew Larry from the IASD, which is the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And so she told Larry about me, and she told me about Larry, and Larry looked up my information, and I looked up his information, and then we connected when I was at a different event and he was off doing whatever he does with all of the work that he does with integrative medicine and, and radiology and we hooked up at the IASD and presented together on dreams that diagnose illness and breast cancer and after he had done all this tremendous amount of research which I'll let, which I'll let him explain and he was done with all these pages and pages of it I said what are you going to do with all this and he said well you know, I don't know. I said, 
let's turn it into a book. Ah. And he said, but you know, you, we have to find an agent and we have to, you know, do a book proposal and all this stuff. And I don't have time and we've got to write the book. And I said, no, Larry, I've got the agent. I'll do a proposed book proposal and we'll give it to my agent. And he said, you mean we're going to write a proposal on a book we haven't even written? Which is exactly what my agent <laughs> said. She said, you want me to do what? And we did, got into a bidding war, ended up with this book. And now we, uh, within a year from the time we sent out the the book proposal to the time we signed the contract and the book is going live next week. It's been under a year. Well, I, I'm, I'm laughing too because little did uh, Dr. Burke know, uh, Kat is amazing when it comes to finding creative ways to get her word out about the importance of dreams. So you teamed up with a real winner and I'm just so happy for both of you that you were able uh, to come together and the synergy in terms of the importance of dreams with the relevancy and also the endorsement of the medical profession is so important because otherwise some people might think we're going into woo-woo land here. But there is concrete evidence uh, based upon uh, Dr. Burke's research. And, and doctor, tell us a little bit about your research and what you found in terms of the correlation between dreams and illnesses. Well, I got inspired to do the research when a friend of mine in 2004 told me that she had had a vivid dream about having breast cancer. Uh, one of those really amazing dreams that's where she's seeing uh, a woman surgeon operating on her breast and knew exactly where the cancer was. Mm -hmm. And of course, immediately went in and had her mammogram and the radiologist came out and reassured her everything was fine and she'd go home and come back in a year. And she wasn't uh, going to listen to that advice and said, no, I'm pretty sure I have breast cancer and uh, you need to do an ultrasound. Mm. The radiologist refused and they went back and forth for a little while. And she finally said, I'm not, not leaving until you do the ultrasound. The radiologist kind of, she throws her hands up and says, I, I wouldn't even know where to, where to begin. She said, well, look, look right here. And she put the ultrasound probe on her breast and there was the cancer and the radiologist turned white as a ghost and said, how, how did you know it was there? And she said, well, it was in a dream. Wow. And that, that was the, the beginning, really. It's interesting. That sounds so similar, uh, Kat, to your experience when you were trying to tell the doctors what was wrong with you and they were telling you, no, that's not right. Share with our listeners uh, briefly about your experience with dreams and your experience with, with breast cancer. Well, you know, there is such a correlation there, Linus, between me and all the other uh, dream uh, dreamers, the female dreamers in the book and males. We've got males in the book, too. We've got ah. stories. Mm -hmm. And so we refuse to say, you know, to, to listen to no, and we refuse to be turned away. We actually became quite adamant about having um, the doctors do whatever tests they needed to do to find the cancer. And in my case, I had been to the doctors over a three-month period telling them that I knew I had breast cancer. And the doctors kept using the same test, which was mammogram, blood test, and physical exam. And it wasn't showing up because many of us who are very young at that time I wasn't even 40 mm -hmm. um, you know we have dense breasts and I, I had large breasts mm -hmm. and so we have to actually become that squeaky wheel that gets their attention and I had a dream in which a Franciscan monk came in 
And when I saw him, I'd seen him in all my other previous dreams, which many of the dreamers in the book talk about. And I started crying and said, the doctors have not listened to me in my previous visits. Why would they see me tomorrow? Because you want me to go back without an appointment. And this Franciscan monk spirit guide handed me a little feather and said, if you go back tomorrow without an appointment and use this feather as though it were a sword, you'll get the test you need, which is exploratory surgery. And it worked. And Mm. that was the beginning of this journey. That's amazing. Now, some people would say, well, okay, is the uh, the monk a uh, symbolism of some other kind? Or, uh, you know, when I have dreams like this, how do I interpret them? How do I know what it really means? Well, you know, um, we all dream in our own specific dream language, and I don't have any monks in my family as far as I know because I'm an Episcopalian. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I don't know where that monk comes from, but I'm sure glad he showed up. But one of the dreamers in our book is Dr. Kathy Kemper, and she had a a child. She's in the children's chapter. She had a child that she was taking care of who had leukemia. And um, she was the child's doctor. And in this dream called Up, 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 she walks into the child's room um, in the morning in the hospital. And the little girl's really happy to see her, which is unusual when you wake them up in the morning to take blood tests and stuff. And Kathy said to her, why are you so happy this morning? And she said, because I know my blood tests have gone up, up, up. I saw the mercury in the thermometer going up, up, up. And I know that I'm going to be well enough for my next test. And it turned out that was exactly right. Now, the reason this is so important, Linus, is the little girl was able to interpret her own dream as her blood cell count going up, her white blood cell count. Now, Mm. if you had given that dream to a doctor, that doctor might have said, oh, that dream says she has an infection, so her her thermometer is going up, up, up because she has a fever. So that's the importance of determining and deciphering your own dreams with your own dream language. And that's amazing. Doctor, how did you discover the diagnostic power of precognitive dreams? Well, um, after that first experience, um, it was another eight years until I heard the next breast cancer story uh, from a friend of mine who was a physician, and she had a similar story, only in, in, in her case, she had a dream in the middle of the night that woke her up about a serial killer, and then, then the next uh, kind of dream that makes you want to uh, get up and make sure your doors are locked, and then... And then the next dream was about um, about breast cancer. So she went in, she had the mammogram, and, and like my uh, previous from before, there was no lump that she could feel. But her mammogram was uh, positive. So the mammogram showed up uh, the cancer. And the difference between the two of them was she had probably had fatty breasts where the cancer would show up well in a mammogram. And my previous friend had a dense breast, uh, mm-hmm. like I was mentioning, where the cancers are harder to find. Mm-hmm. So with those two... Uh, that got me thinking, and then I heard a third friend who had um, uh, a dream about breast cancer went into her doctor. And unfortunately, this doctor uh, dismissed it as just normal breast tissue. Did not get a mammogram, and she wound up dying of breast cancer a couple years later. Mm. Um, that was a cautionary tale that, I, and I wanted to to, to work uh, with that information and do a a bigger survey to find out how many other women were having these kinds of dreams. And that's when I started finding Kat and Mm -hmm. Wanda Birch and and Carolyn Kinney and other people who had 
actually written books about their story, or at least Carolyn um, King had written a, a paper about it in a nursing journal. So then I found other people from around the world by going through Facebook and, and social media connections. I got people referred from Dr. Christian Northrup, Dr. Lissa Rankin, Dr. Larry Dossie were the three of the people who contributed you know, uh, patients to, to the list that, that we used in the study. Now, how many people are we talking about? How many people did you, were in your research group? And what kinds of illnesses were represented in that research group? Well, that research group was specifically breast cancer. So we just looked for women who had a known diagnosis of breast cancer mm -hmm. who had a dream about it. And, and there were 18 women. And since then, we've, we've had probably another half a dozen or, or more breast cancer uh, patients. And uh, I'd say, um, considering all the stories I've heard, there are probably at least 50 women who've had breast cancer dreams. And I'm, uh, I'm doing a study now at Duke to try to find out how, how common these dreams actually are. And, and right now, just after halfway through the study, I, I think I'm finding out of all the women who come in for a breast biopsy at Duke, mm -hmm. um, about 5% of them have a dream of some sort. So it's only wow. about one out of 20. So it's not, uh, I wouldn't say it's a common occurrence, but it's not rare. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And, and that kind of brings me to this question, uh, Kathleen. Um, you know, all of us have dreams. I, I, I know I have very vivid dreams. In fact, my dreams are always loud. I've told you about, you know, some of my dreams. Mm -hmm. But how can we remember them? Uh, you know, I have a dream journal, thanks to you, right next to my bed. But in general, what's a, a good way for women to remember, or for anyone, to remember dreams when they first wake up in the morning? Well, it's it's really important that um, that that you're organized because your dreams are going to disappear uh, as as the day wanes on. Your dreams are going to disappear just like smoke. So if you the first thing you want to do is set your intention to dream before you go to bed, but then organize yourself. This is so important. Organize yourself before you go to sleep by putting a pencil paper or if you've got your cell phone have it in such a way that you can record your dream on it as soon as you wake up put a flashlight next to your bed if you need to if you are awakened during the night by your spirit guides my monks mm -hmm. saying don't forget this you know write it down because otherwise when you wake up uh, you have a pretty good chance of forgetting it if you've got to get up find all the things that you need to write it down it's going to be gone before you have a chance to even start you know, that's interesting because, of course, since I'm going to be interviewing you today, I had a dream last night. <laughs> this, <laughs> always, this always happens. And I did write it down. And lately, I have been dealing with the spring thing here in, in California, uh, you know, allergies and things like that. And I had a dream that I was in a snowstorm and I couldn't see the front of me, but behind me, it was sunny and bright. But in front of me, there were all kinds of uh, snow in front of me. I couldn't see anything at all. And when I woke up in the morning, uh, my nose was all clogged up. And I don't know if that was representative <laughs> or not, but I wrote it down uh, because I write down all those things now, especially when it comes to... Uh, uh, something uh, physical. Uh, and if you could please um, explain to uh, our listeners what dream journaling is like, what that's all about. Uh, do you want me to do that or do you want Larry to do that? He's, he's good at that too. Okay, Larry, go ahead. Yeah, I've been keeping a dream journal since uh, 1987. So about wow. And I've had many precognitive dreams and some dreams you know, about 
interestingly enough, about illness in other people. Occasionally, dreams about related to my own health. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I've got stacks of, of little um, journals that I've got stored away in many different places. But I usually just use. Um, I go to the drugstore and get one of those little English composition books. Mm-hmm. They're pretty simple. Uh, cost three bucks to buy, and then I usually put tomorrow's date at the top of the page. Uh, so I'll I'll be recording the dream um, in the morning um, when, when I wake up on that date, and also sets the intention. I also will write a question down. I'll always ask a question that I want an answer to. It doesn't have to be about a health problem. It could be relationship issue, a work work issue, uh, anything that. That, particularly if it's on your mind, um, mm-hmm. because then there's a certain sense of urgency that you want an answer to it. Um, and then uh, I'll put the pen in, in the page near the book. And the one thing I found was really helpful was I got a, uh, a little battery-powered alarm clock that has a red LED in it uh, because red light does not bother your pineal gland in the middle of the night, ah. as opposed to white or green light would be a, would suppress your melatonin and mess up your sleep cycle. So I really like that little. I, I just look through the red uh, at the red light on the page so I can actually uh, read what I'm writing, which is always a good idea. And <laughs> then next morning um, I'll get up and. Uh, look back at, the, at what dreams I had. And the first thing you're supposed to do is give the dream a title. So mm. give each individual dream a title, maybe make a note about how you're feeling about the dream. And then you can go through uh, a sort of multidimensional process of interpretation, looking at it. Uh, one rule I found to be true is there are many ways of interpreting a particular dream mm-hmm. and they can all be true. So it, it could be related to something that you were, you know, or just finishing up from the day before, and for some reason your subconscious is going to use that to, to tell you an interesting message. And so you look at it from you can look at it from the Freudian point of view, the Jungian point of view, the um, you know, archetypes and, and symbolisms. And I also like to look at it, are there any animals in the dream? Because sometimes animals come as messengers. Mm. And also, uh, are, are there any uh, puns in the dream? Sometimes the dream will, you know, have an obvious. Uh, uh, play on words that that's, it's really or if there are any strange words look them up in the dictionary and see if they have multiple meanings uh, and, and so there's lots of different ways of approaching it and it might turn out that some of them are precognitive so you have to check back a day or two later to see if anything any of them came true and it's also good to share it with with someone else um, also looking for shadow characters in your dream that's dark figures in the dream that, that are, are generally want to give you a message about something that you're avoiding or, or, or repressing. So all those things are, are all possibilities and uh, always great to have a group to, of, of friends to share dreams with. Too. So we have a dream group that I, w- I work with once a month and uh, that's always a good idea to get other perspectives on your dream. Oh, that's great. And I just learned something too about uh, titling the dreams. That's a very good idea too. Have you found any commonalities uh, from the dreams of the women who had breast cancer, anything that uh, was similar? Um, the uh, study showed uh, there were five fairly common characteristics of these warning dreams. The first was that the dreams were, were, were they were about most important. People woke up and they, they had that sense of conviction that they needed to do something about this dream. Uh, that's, that's one of the other points about dream interpretation is you should always ask, what does a dream want? 
Mm. And when you have a, a warning dream, it, it wants you to go get, get it checked or, or to get more information. Um, and then the second thing would be dreams were the more most vivid or, or, or realistic dreams they've ever had. Then other characteristics where they, uh, sometimes the actual word tumor or cancer was used, was referring to the breast. Sometimes mm. there was a sense of physical contact uh, with the breasts. And there's also a sense of dread or threat. And one of the other things that came up related to Kat's story is some of the people had messengers in the dream. And it could be, uh, Kat was done with, with monks, but, but there were other people who had white-coated doctors, healthcare professionals, or deceased relatives. Those are the two most common kinds of guides that we came across. I love, uh, that's very, very interesting, some of the commonalities, and some of them I would not have thought. And you mentioned animals as well, and I think everybody probably has dreamed of an animal before. But when it comes to trying to interpret your dreams, you mentioned that there were uh, different interpretations uh, for maybe the same dream. How did you manage to bring all of that together to be able to draw some correlations in terms of what the dreams meant when it came to diagnosing cancer? Um, we... Um we basically ask a lot of yes or no questions. We had 19 yes or no questions. Ah. And then we also asked people to, to, to give us a narrative story of their dreams. So if it wasn't captured in those questions, then, then it might, might have been in the story they wrote down. Well, and, what, and are, what are some they, of the, the stories that they told you? When you discover these I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let Kat tell a few stories here. Okay, yeah, that would be wonderful. Okay, well, you know, if you, uh, just so, so your audience knows, because I'm, I'm actually taking it from uh, the table of contents from the book. Okay. If you go and you order a book during our launch, and that's Dreams That Can Save Your Life, uh, you get a 23% discount, and it's through Simon & Schuster. They are the ones that discounted it. And also, we will have free gifts for you. Dr. Larry Burke and I will have free gifts for you. So uh, when, you, when you hear this, make sure you go to Amazon and uh, order the book. So, for instance, um, we had some really interesting stories, Linus, that not very many people know about. And that's where we had mother-daughter teams that dreamed about breast cancer for each other. Mm -hmm. um, like a one mother-daughter team, um, Amparo and Rocchio, they had a dream about bleeding hearts. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, bleeding breasts. And they were connected at the heart because they had uh, uh, breast cancer dreams. And in the dream, the mother's breasts were bleeding and at that time, she had just lost her husband, and she had moved into a smaller home, so she was extremely grief-stricken, and her daughter started having these dreams for her, and she is in Larry's study group, and then uh, we have another one like Sunny Ingalls, and in this dream, she was actually running in the race for her life, mm. <laughs> the dream, and uh, she had breast cancer as well. Mm -hmm. And then we also had uh, She Who Dreams the Dance of the Dead, and that's Wanda Birch. And she had a dream where she was dressed up in her wedding dress. And she saw um, newspapers that were lying on a table that had different dates on it. And that was the date that she was supposed to die if she didn't do something mm -hmm. uh, about her dream. And she was dancing down the hallway of the dead. And if she reached the end of that hallway, she would die. 
So these are all just a, a sample of the, the stories that we have in our book. And they're not all women either. Uh, some of them are men. For instance, Dr. Jay Troutman, he had the plan, he, he had, his dream was the playground of life and death in which he dreamed he was carrying his own body through his elementary school playground and mm. throwing it off a cliff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that gets your attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what happened? I'm just curious, what happened as a result of that dream that he had? He went to his doctor mm-hmm. and he found out that he had, um, I think it was prostate cancer, wasn't it, Larry? Actually, the, 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 when he said on that one, it, it, the dream put him in a really strange mood. And the next day he had a whole bunch of strange sort of synchronicities happen. And the final one was he wound up deciding to take a bath. Mm-hmm. He hadn't mm-hmm. taken a bath in, in months or years. And while he was in the bath, he had this flash uh, insight about Lance Armstrong, the, the famous cyclist who had found his own uh, testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. And so he checked his testicles and sure enough, he had a cancer. So um, that's how he wound up going then to get it checked. And, and, and uh, he said, Ordinarily, he would have never taken a bath, never uh, checked, uh, done a t- self-examination, and who knows how long it would have been, you know, um, the dream sort of set him up for, for all these other intuitive insights that happened the next day. Gosh, that's amazing. That, that is uh, just life-saving. Uh, Kath, I don't know if I should ask Kat or if I should ask you, Dr. Bird, in terms of um, the journaling, why is it so important? For us to do that when it comes to our waking world. Um, oh, I think it's uh, it's a you're getting all this free advice in your mm-hmm. dream world, and and, and unfortunately, uh, when I talk to like a big group of psychotherapists, yes, you know, psychotherapists, how many of you keep a dream journal? And I'm always horrified to find out it's about ten percent, hmm. and that's psychotherapists. And you think with Freud and Jung and, and all that background that it would be a commonplace thing, but apparently they just don't teach it in psychotherapy school anymore. And psychologists don't learn it. And it's like a, it's like a historical uh, artifact that they've forgotten about. And, mm. and, and so then they're not teaching their patients either. So uh, I think in other countries, it's a little bit more popular because the, uh, uh, the, the social media site that sponsored my research is dreamscloud.com mm-hmm. and they are even more popular uh, overseas in like Spain and Portugal and Turkey than they are in the United States and a lot of the millennials are keeping their dream journals on their smartphones and, and when John uh, uh, Mark Emden the CEO asked one of the millennials like why would you keep your um, uh, dream diary on your phone uh, and and they said, well, let's share it with my friends. And they said, why would you want to share it with your friends? And then they kind of go, why wouldn't you? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. think, I think since the uh, Inception movie with Leonardo DiCaprio five or so years ago, the millennials have been very intrigued by lucid dreaming and other forms of dreaming. So I think it's it, it, one of the goals of the book, I think, is to restore dreams to their rightful place in, in medicine and healing. But also, I just think in, in daily life, I'd love to see 
families get up and share their dreams around the breakfast table. Well, you know, you mentioned this earlier that the idea of sharing dreams, they have multiple meanings and not just one symbol, uh, you know, in a dream has just one meaning that it could have multiple meanings. So therefore, if you're sharing it, it could help facilitate even further understanding in terms of what the dream might mean and the significance it might have uh, for yourself. Now, Dr. Burke, I understand that you are uh, doing another study at Duke University involving dreams and breast cancer. What do you hope to gain this time with this particular study? Yeah, the, the, that one, I, I just, uh, the first one I didn't do at Duke. That was through the Ryan Research Center, which is the parapsychology laboratory here in, in Durham. And, and that one, I, it was approved by their institutional review board, which makes sure you're doing the research properly. But we didn't collect any health information uh, in, in that first study because you would have had to have you know, HIPAA approval and a medical IRB to, to get that information. So we just focused on the dream information. In mm -hmm. this second study, it went through the Duke Institutional Review Board, um, but we're not getting uh, informed consent from people, so we're not actually asking uh, for their names or their medical information. This purpose of this study is only to find out how many women who come to Duke for breast biopsies have dreams. And that's just to allow us to uh, uh, find out uh, how reasonable it would be to do a, a much larger study where we you know, ask the women to give consent to check their medical records and compare their dreams to what their biopsy results are. Mm -hmm. And that's going to take, take funding to do that. Mm -hmm. We've been able to do these first two studies on the cheap with just a, you know, uh, a, a few, uh, it was seventy-two dollars for the survey monkey. Uh, from the <laughs> okay, yeah. And this this one at Duke is practically free. It's just mm -hmm. the cost of the paper to print the the surveys. But the next one is going to cost thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, because once you start collecting all that information, it has to be done in in a very uh, official, formal way. So. That sounds fascinating. The thing that's so exciting about it is that ultimately it can save lives. And that's another reason why I really think it's important for my listeners and everyone else to get your book. Now, Kat, tell us again, uh, Dreams That Can Save Your Life. When will it be available and where is the best place to get it? Uh, the best place to get it is on Amazon. It's going to be available April 17th. In other words, if you order it now, you get the savings and you still get the free gift. Um, however, uh, on the 17th, it will be immediately shipped out to you. So you'll get it first before anybody else. And it's dreams that can save your life, early warning signs of cancer and other diseases. But if you type in dreams, that can save your life, it's going to come up. It comes right up. And yes. the wonderful thing is that um, our we're pre-recording, but this show is debuting on your launch date, April 17th. So it's very important, listeners, if you happen to be listening on April 17th, especially uh, go to Amazon and type in Dreams That Can Save Your Life, and you'll pop up with this fantastic book, and you'll get a savings as well. But no matter when you listen to this broadcast, please check this book out. I think it's important to add it to your holistic living and wellness library. Just another tool that you can use to stay well in your mind, your body, and your spirit. Uh, Kathleen, Kat, uh, my friend, thank you so much for being on the Wellness Journey podcast series. And Dr. Burke, thank you so much for leading your expertise and being on the Wellness Journey podcast series as well. Uh, great to be here. Thanks. Thank you so much, Linus.
Thank you. And thank you to all the listeners. It's been wonderful, again, to have you get a chance to listen to some of the premier experts in the field of mind, body, spirit, wellness. It's wonderful. And just remember, along the journey, there's all kinds of tools and techniques, such as your dream analysis to help you to stay well. This is Lennis, and you've been listening to the Wellness Journey, Journey podcast series. We'll see you again next time. For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcast and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.